another iconic episode of Smell You Later. Yep. I'm having a great time. <laughs> we always do. We always do. It's another Saturday. It's beautiful mm-hmm. out. The vibes are right. Dude, I'm the vibes it. are vibing. I know. The CDC is like... The CDC said, fuck y'all. Yeah, the CDC said like, here we come. <laughs> the CDC said, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I still wear my mask when I go places. Everyone looks cute in their little masks. Also, I don't want to be looked at. I do not wish to be perceived. You know what? I do want to be looked at. Well, I do, but I don't. It's like fucking catcalling season. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to confuse you by not showing you the lower half of my face. That's true. That's true. I always forget that like we have different experiences. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to leave the mask in the past, but I'm okay with wearing it. I'm sorry that rhyme. That's so humiliating. I like it. Um, <laughs> leave the mask in the past. Jesus. <laughs> no, totally. Nothing like freebasing some fresh air when yeah. you go outside. Raw dogging some fresh air. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to know what having a podcast is like not in a pandemic. I know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know what I mean by that. I thought about that. I was like, Oh, what if we have guests in person? But then I'm like, God, does that mean I have to buy another fucking mic set? Fuck that. Like, I, don't, I don't think we need to do that. <laughs> I'm not buying more equipment, okay? I think, if anything, this has taught us that, like, no one's eager to go anywhere. No. For I'm a little eager to go somewhere. Yeah, but like... like out of my zip code. Right. right. <laughs> Did you try those KKW Jeff Lethem scents? Yes. Did you like them? They're fine. Yeah. They're just, like, kind of these elegant floral fragrances Mm -hmm. they didn't blow me away Mm -hmm. in uniqueness or complexity but they're pleasant yeah i mean i feel like people are really about them really Mm -hmm. yeah i saw a lot of people sort of going up for them in ways that like people who you wouldn't expect to align themselves with the kim kardashian brand were really excited about him and maybe that's the jeff lethem part of it is like they're excited about him i don't know also the bottles are gorgeous i think the bottles are so cute they're so good it's such a cool idea especially with their collaboration because it's Mm -hmm. a florist but i do wish that they were more functional I tried to put a butt in it and it, there wasn't enough room in the little wells. Yeah. Like nothing could stand. Listener, if you don't know what we're referring to, Kim Kardashian just did a scent collaboration with a floral uh, artist, like a, yeah. Jeff Lethem, and the bottles look like little vases. They're so cool. Yeah. Do you say vase or vase? I don't know. I, don't I know. mean, obviously, this is not a pronunciation yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly um, not us. <laughs> yeah. No, I really liked, I liked Night Iris, but I wished there was mm. a little bit more happening, like you said, yeah. in terms of complexity. Mm-hmm. And the other one, I did not get Desert Rose, but uh, the gray one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Jasmine? Jasmine. Something? Air. Yeah. I don't know. If you, like I said, if you told me that was Chanel Chance, I would have believed you. Ooh. And I really like Chanel yeah. Chance, so. Yes, yes, yes. It did remind me of a scent that already exists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that a lot. It's yeah. interesting to me to see what fragrances excite people these days. Because as you said, <laughs> like I feel like a lot more fragrance chat is happening. Yeah. And I know that people, for a lot of correct reasons, turn their noses up at the Kardashian mm-hmm. empire. Mm-hmm. But with this launch, I was like, hmm. You know, I think like, people like their fragrances though i think people really like the kim ones and honestly they're not bad i mean she's a huge brand and she's not fucking in her kitchen whipping them up like she's working with very talented people i really like crystal gardenia oud that is a gorgeous fragrance it was one of her original three Mm. and people really like body yeah people really like the kimoji fragrances i think i smelled them 
those launched when I was still working at Allure mm-hmm. and I think they got sent to the beauty director at the time. So I would just smell them in her office and I was like, oh, that's nice. There's one that it. people like specifically beauty editors really love. It was the Kimoji fragrance that I think looked like a text message bubble, but I think it was black. Mm-hmm. I'll Google it. Yeah. People love that one and I can't hunt it down anywhere. If you have that one, <laughs> hit me up. Also, Kim Kardashian. <laughs> What's good? <laughs> She would never come on Smell You Later. No, she would come on Smell You, you Later think? for sure. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Do we want her on Smell You Later? Yes. Okay. Kim Kardashian. Right. Absolutely. Sure. This is an open invitation to Kim Kardashian to come on Smell You Later <laughs> whenever she wants. Um, <laughs> I just, just actually. putting that out there. I just saw her publicist last night. Wait, you know her publicist? Not not Kim Kardashian. Oh, publicist, oh, oh, the publicist, fragrance. The fragrance publicist. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. We can make this happen. Yeah. I'd, I'm going to float it to her and she'll be like, what the fuck are you thinking? But I'm going to say we'll within like, two don't years. Don't make me do my job. Yeah. No, I'm going to say within two years, we'll have Kim on. I'm okay. manifesting this. Sure. Yeah. Things are great lately. A lot of things are coming my way. I'm feeling a lot of positive energy. You're like, your whole life is just falling into place. Well, it's, something is falling. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean. You're moving on up, dude. Literally. Dude, I know. Thank, the fifth floor to the 20th floor. Thank you, Sable. Yes, <laughs> she signed a lease in her dream place. And a high rise. And a high rise with a doorman. So I'm not, oh, I will sick. never miss a package again. That is the only reason I moved. I was like, I'm so sick <sighs> of missing UPS packages. Mm. So I think my UPS man is like, we're buds. I don't know why this happens a lot, but USPS usually will drop one of my packages or my building's packages off at the adjacent building. I don't know why. Ugh. And if he sees them, he will literally bring them to me. Oh. UPS man, when he's delivering next door. And I was like, oh, that's really nice. That's nice. Yeah. So I never miss a package. We love our postal workers. We love them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Tynan, what do you smell like today? I smell like a classic fragrance. Ooh. And I wore it today because you have been talking quite a bit about yuzu. <gasps> I was like, let me, let me gag the girl. (laughs) This is a fragrance that I just recently got my hands on, but but it like lives in my brain as a really (laughs) classic, lightweight, airy fragrance that I really like. So I finally hit them up and was like, you know what? Let me, I, you know, I did what publicists hate (laughs) when there's a new launch and they're like, Hey, like, can we send this to you? And I was like, actually what you can send me is the one that came out 25 years ago. I do that all the time. I know. Anyway, it's like improv. Yes. And yes, (laughs) God, (laughs) I'm wearing, I hate this name. Actually, it's by Issey Miyake. It is their original fragrance for men called low desi low desi oh water of essay yeah like l apostrophe yeah how would you say no desay oh yeah yeah that (laughs) the water of is the water of (laughs) is i've wanted to get my hands on it for a really long time and now i had a reason to it is lovely it's a very i would say uh woody citrus Mm -hmm. more citrus Mm -hmm. than woody definitely it is not what i remembered it being but i still really like it it came out in 1994, and back in the 90s, <laughs> as you know, when you look at the notes and the build of a fragrance, it is, as I like to say, shit on shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, I love that phrase. And that's an industry term for you. <laughs> no, but you know when we talk about angel, yes. or we talk about, I don't know, poison, yeah. 
it's just literally any note yep. you can think of mm-hmm. just thrown in there. And this one is exactly it's that. It's like Stregonona. Yeah. Shit on shit. Right. <laughs> it does what it does in a really nice way. But instead of taking maybe one or two citrus notes and one or two woods and building an idea, it just took all of them. Really? Yes. I thought the isamiyaki scents were quite minimal. Olfactory-wise, it's concise. Mm-hmm. But to get there, it took... <gasps> <laughs> Yuzu. Love it. Lemon, bergamot, lemon verbena, mandarin, cypress, coriander, tarragon, sage, and that's just the top. In the middle, you've got blue lotus, nutmeg, lily of the valley, saffron, cinnamon, geranium, and at the base, there's vetiver, musk, cedar, sandalwood, tobacco, amber, and I only only run you wow. through those just to like sort of illustrate. Scent-wise, there's not a lot happening, but within the scent, it's just a free-for-all. And I find it interesting that we don't really do that anymore. You think? Yeah. I think when you are a consumer and you're reading a product page, they'll give you four or five top notes. You know, they'll Mm -hmm. give you a couple per level, but they're not going to be like, there's what, 25 notes more on this page that you would never see that anymore. I don't know. I think we just really like niche brands that tend to use less ingredients. I think what I mean is like, in the 90s this is oh okay 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 i don't think today i mean and so if you look this is sort of niche i'm sorry if i'm going down a (laughs) rabbit hole again but if you were to look at a brand's product page versus Mm -hmm. fragrantica fragrantica will give you a little bit more note wise and i'm always like how did we get there but that's true like how do they get that information i know like Like, is it like wikipedia i know but even so I, I am reading off of uh, the Fragrantica page. Mm-hmm. The product page is a lot more concise. And they hero out yuzu, cinnamon, and sandalwood. Weird. Yeah. That those three are the call-outs. They've got a, a, a few called out, but like visually anyway. Because then in my brain, I'm like, oh, that's probably really zesty and spicy. It's extremely zesty. It's not very spicy, yeah. is Woody. I'm sorry if like us getting into fragrance marketing is a little too in the weeds for our listeners but you're also listening to a fragrance podcast True. so figure it out um, <laughs> scent wise it's really nice yeah. it's a citrus woody it's very bright it's very juicy and tangy and citrus sprays yeah. it's really lovely for the warmer months or whenever the hell you want to wear it who cares <laughs> I wish that it wasn't when did that come out for men 1994 oh okay I think this would smell beautiful on anyone yeah that sounds pretty non-gender specific to it's, me. It's yeah. I mean, I think if this got so today, much floral, so much right, citrus, right? It's very yeah. beautiful. It's very refreshing. I like that it has held up so so well. Yeah, almost. I feel like that's one of those scents that people probably have always worn for years. Mm-hmm. Dudes are like, "This is my scent. I like it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun to look back at other scents from that era and see mm-hmm. how this one is still very feels very current mm. do you know what i mean yeah it's timeless it's, it's like fun. a classic contemporary yeah. there's not really anything new happening here but yeah. they do what they do really well i wish <laughs> that you could clock more of the nutmeg and the cinnamon those mm. don't really read yeah. to me and give I mean, a little bit more warmth and spice to yeah it. exactly yeah. exactly but i also don't think that this is what this fragrance is which is fine true they're probably just there as a i don't know like texture or something level it out yeah yeah, yeah. exactly what's funny is i was sent the new Isamiyaki. Yes. A drop d'isay. Which is how we got here. Yes. A drop of issy. The bottle is... I love the bottle. Mm, me too. It's, it's like so this beautiful. circle that just lies the fuck down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> takes up all the space. No one can sit next to it. Yeah. 
but it's kind of hard to press the atomizer. atomizer. Yeah, it's weird. It's a, it's a squishy silicone top, but I have small hands. So I was yeah. like, I need two hands to do this. That's a big bitch. She's big. I don't know if it comes in a smaller size. It's a 3.4 ounce, but yeah, it's just kind of clean, vaguely floral, sort of musky, like deodorant smelling kind of. I haven't yeah. worn it on my skin yet, but I did because I couldn't figure out how the bottle worked. So I just sprayed <laughs> it around my apartment. At first, it was like really almost antiseptic to me. It like, was super soapy. Yeah. It, it started like a almost like a something you'd smell in a hospital. <laughs> you smell like hospital. <laughs> but then it, yeah, it got really powdery and soapy. Yeah, stable. Yeah. And then I was like, wait a minute. This is very akin to Replica's new bubble bath. Mm, yes. Yes, it is. Not, it's like really aldehyde and soapy yeah, and floral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want to wear it on the skin because I, I feel like there's more happening. Isn't there an almond milk note in that? There is. We are seeing really a lot get, of almond milk in yes. I mean, fragrances lately. Indeed. Wait, who else had the almond milk note? Mark Jacob was perfect. Yeah. And fuck, who did we just talk to? We talked to someone who talked about almond milk and fragrances, like last three episodes. Almond milk. What? We, it's not almond. It's, it's almond, not almond milk. No, because it, so it doesn't smell like a amaretto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, those are two very different things. I don't get a ton of that almond milk in here. But have you worn it on the skin yet? I have. Oh. Yeah. I posted on my Instagram stories yesterday and everyone was like, I thought that was a breast implant. Y'all are perverts. I did not make that correlation at all. But also I was like, wait, is it common knowledge what breast implants look like? Because yes. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, that bottle never read no. implant to me. It's uh-uh. just like a. It's a circle. Yeah. Just let it be a circle. I know. It's a circle erasure. <laughs> <laughs> Sable. Yeah. What do you smell like today? Ah, speaking of classic timeless scents. Yes. I went on a little bit of a nostalgia binge lately for something that I actually kind of missed out when it was in its heyday because Mm -hmm. it launched in the mid-2000s when I was poor. (laughs) (laughs) And that is Marc Jacobs' Daisy. And I know the ubiquity. I'm familiar with the scent because it's there's literally like 30 flankers of it. There are so many flankers of it. So many. And I had always associated it with, well, A, I'm like, things I can't afford at the time. And also, I don't know. I was like, am I this girl? I don't know. And then I smelled it at, I think I I went to the Ulta and I just was like, yes, she did. (laughs) Ulta cut us a check. influenced me. (laughs) And I walked over to the Ulta and there's a new one out called Daisy Oh So Intense. Oh, Oh, is this one new? Yes. You never know because just released a million of them. I know. This was just released this year. O spelled E-A-U. <laughs> and then I was like, yo, Cody, send me that shit. Mm-hmm. And generously, they, they did. And I get why Daisy is so popular. I will say, you smell so fucking good. It's such a pleasant, beautiful veil of an aroma. It's billed as a fruity floral, mm. but it's not... It's like softer than that. It's not as up your nose and like in your face. And yeah, it is just a beautiful, dewy, kind of vibrant care for It's scent. so, you put it on like yeah. right when I showed up. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell are you wearing? It's like, <laughs> it smelled like in the air around you, it smelled like cotton candy. And like sort of It has of like a candy juicy. kind of vibe it's to so, it. Yeah, but like yeah. you smelled like me. You know? I did actually. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have them send that. It smells so good. Yeah. What's interesting is that like they also sent me the OG Daisy, Daisy Dream, Daisy Love, and a sort of new one, Daisy Spring. And I'll be honest, they all kind of smell similar to me. Uh, it's the same dude who made them, Alberto Morales with Farmanish. 
and he is also a perfumer legend he's done he did ck1 he did carolina herrera two and two he did some killian scents that i like he did good girl gone bad oddly afresh and extreme but it doesn't say that he did the og one um pretty much every single daisy and daisy flanker lancome miracle oh he did the kenzo flower all of those ones mm. he did a bunch of isemiyaki ones yeah bunch of isemiyaki did he do the one that you were just talking about no i don't think he did he's been working yeah he's working all of the gucci scents like gucci bloom and those bajillion flankers and the ooh, gucci guilty yeah we should Not, have him on yeah we should have him on but yeah this dude's been around he's been doing it and then i remember that when we had our scent beauty episode with steve mormorous he was saying that when he was at coty he was like oh we had a great hit with mark jacobs i think i don't know if that was his first fragrance he did with him but i think that was probably one of his biggest ones mm-hmm. he did with them and i mean the bottle itself the bottle just sells adorable. itself it doesn't matter what it smells like the bottle's awesome yeah like you just want it as like a sculptural object i could see that i mean that's just what mark jacobs mark jacobs that's does true. i mean they're he is like a merch king yeah i remember it's closed down now but in like the mid-aughts there was that west village mark jacobs accessory store mm-hmm. and it had all like the cheapy things like the tote bags and keychains and like little bits and bobs like that and there was always a fucking liner on the block for that store really i guess because it was the thing that most people could afford from the brand that's true so everyone wanted that kitsch all of those mark jacobs tote bags like yeah. the mark by mark jacobs by mark jacobs tote oh bags, my god like, right, right 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 all right. of those were from that store and yep. they were like i think like 30 dollars. Right. so gosh what a cash cow yeah he's smart but yeah these little plastic flowers i just want to squeeze them because they're just they just look so good they give me i mean cute aggression. All, of, all of his bottles it's ridiculous like yeah. perfect Looks, oh yeah you know I, that i wanted i liked that one too when i smelled it at ulta mm-hmm. i was like oh and that also it's not the same as daisy but they're like neighbors that one to me is like the new generation of quote unquote skin scents mm. where they're not by definition but it wears really close to you. It kind of smells like nothing, but it is yeah. very pretty. It's like sweet and musky. Yeah, it's yeah. like sweet, really soft woods and musky. Yeah. It's nice. It's not for me, but it's really nice. Really? Yeah. I would have thought that would have been for you. Mm, it's a little too, too musky. cotton ball-y for me. Got it. You know? Okay. That sounds like more my thing. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly. <laughs> yeah, but all of all of the daisies, I, I tried wearing, the, they were all eau de toilettes, so mm. they didn't last that long, but the scents are beautiful mm-hmm. and i'm like oh i get it i get it now right. although i also feel like i'm like am i too old to wear this no <laughs> hell no i don't know why i just associate it with young girls kind of like the first perfume you buy for yourself on like college graduation or something maybe that's just because it's when, when it came out for me yeah but no i think it's still massively popular we got to get someone from mark jacobs on the show yeah we should we do. alberto what's up yeah we should get mark jacobs on the show <sighs> mark what's I, up i would fall out is he problematic no, I actually don't think he's been canceled. Oh, okay, cool. Which is good. I think he's sort of like has been... I don't know why I thought he was for a second. I'm like, no. I don't know. All fashion people, I'm like, it's something. I literally, time. honestly... And <laughs> I'm, I listen, I am all for cancel culture. Do not get me wrong. <laughs> Let's cancel anyone. But I, yeah, anytime I'm like bringing up a brand or a person, I'm like, wait, can I say this? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> we live in a society. <laughs> we live in a society. Speaking of... I'm just I'm just like smelling you Mark Jacobs, it. Daisy, oh, so intense. Yeah just me doing asmr sniffs speaking of skin scents today today we have the engineer of skin scents yeah giza shown 
from eccentric molecules. Mm -hmm. And before we jump into it, I think we should give them a rundown of one, the brand. What is it? And two, skin sense themselves. What are they? Yes. Mm -hmm. Why don't you run them through eccentric molecules? Because I think you'll do it better than I. Okay. Eccentric Molecules is a brand founded on the basis of hearing out these synthetic aroma molecules. Uh, There's five of them in the collection now. And each set, they're just made by numbers. So there's one, two, three, four, five. There's two fragrances in the set. So there's Molecule 01 and Eccentric 01. And then, you know, just up the numbers from there. And so each set heroes out a molecule. And then the eccentric counterpart is the artistic expression of that. So the first, the molecule scent is just that molecule at a very high concentration. And then the eccentric fragrance is that molecule plus other notes to make it into more of a traditional fragrance. Right. I included him in a Harper's Bazaar fragrance story I wrote for the January issue. And that's when I really became acquainted with the brand. I was kind of aware of them, but I wasn't super knowledgeable about what they were about. Okay, so we've been talking a lot about natural fragrance and clean fragrance and all that jazz and then we're like what about synthetics Mm -hmm. which are in everything and have to be used obviously because we can't be using up all these natural resources Mm -hmm. and also there's a lot of things that you just don't have access to or you can't create that you can do with synthetics so the first 01 fragrance heroes out iso e super which you have possibly heard the name thrown around because I think it's very trendy these days. It's mm. like a skin scent. Uh, the second one is Ambroxan, which is kind of ambery and woody. The third one is Vetiviral Acetate, which is vetivery and woody. Uh, the fourth one is Javanol. It's kind of sandalwoody. And the fifth one, Cashmaran, is also kind of woody, which... Kizashon gets into why they're all kind of funny and yeah. why these are the chosen ones. So we'll let him explain that later in the episode. Yeah. But it's interesting to me that just the idea of acknowledging that this is basically a chemical fragrance you're wearing, yeah. but also illustrating the artistry of that chemistry is really cool, I think, and pretty unique in fragrance and perfume because as much as they're used in probably every fragrance, they're not really talked about or they're not really understood. Or celebrated. Or celebrated. And they're all, they're lab created either in response to a lack of resource or in response to what market trends and desires are. But I just think it's really interesting that, like, what is it like to make a fragrance brand Mm -hmm. just hearing out these synthetics? It's like minimalist and futuristic at the same time. Right, right. And I am really fascinated because I'm also very excited to talk to him because we've spoken a lot about skin scents on this mm. show since we started. Skin scents are huge right now and have been for the last couple of years. I'm really interested to see post-COVID what trends in fragrance and why. Yeah. Because I think that we're going to pull away from skin scents because mm. I think everything has changed. You know, I think yeah. that we want to be out. I think we want to be seen and heard and smelled. So I don't think people are going to want to smell like nothing anymore. However, skin scents fascinate me. You know, I've <laughs> talked a lot of shit about them and I they're not for me, which is fine. They're for a lot of people. But the sort of like the textbook definition of a skin scent Sable, correct me if I'm wrong, is, mm. is based around the molecule of ISO-E super, which is molecule 01 in 
the eccentric molecules collection. So we are sort of talking to, I don't want to say the inventor of <laughs> the skin scent because I don't think that's like very accurate. But I also think that's he's like the, the closest thing we're going to get to it. You know, I feel like Isoe Super was just like a really talented local girl. And he was like, I'm going to make her a star. He put her on. Right. He's like, what's the fuck is that movie? The Lady Gaga movie. Oh, a star. A star boy. Yeah. He's the Bradley Cooper to Isoe Super. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't even see that movie. The Lady know. Gaga movie. That's like Sin yeah. City 2. Yeah. Um, Wait, that's... A, Okay, never mind. I'm not going to go on tangent about Sin City 2. <laughs> we can. So that's w- what a skin scent is. Isoe Super is a molecule that is very light. Mm-hmm. It smells like light, dry, blonde woods. Mm-hmm. And if you've never smelled it, think about what a fragrance smells like, right? Make it light and woody. And then take that fragrance that you're thinking about and subtract 90% intensity from it. And that's <laughs> what Isoe Super is. It's very light. You, When I wear it, I don't smell it when I spray it on. And then, like, an hour later, I, I, like, smell it around me. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, it'll puff out of my hoodie. Yeah. Or I'll catch it on my wrist or something. But even that, it is... Faint. Faint. Yeah. So, I'm interested to see why the fuck do I want to smell like all this? It really feels like to me that skin scents are, like, an emperor's new clothes situation. Absolutely. Well, okay, so there's that. There's, you know, the textbook definition of the skin scent, which is Isoe Super. But then it is, then you have like the contemporary, what it has evolved well, there's into. there's interpretation, yeah. Interpretation. So, I mean, people think skin scent and they think of what? Santal 33. Is there any fragrance that we talk about more on this goddamn show <laughs> than Santal 33? Or is that I personally don't think Santal reads to me as a skin scent. I think it reads as just like a woody I scent. agree, but I also think that that is what people think of as a skin scent. Also, okay, I don't think that's correct. I know, but that's what, that's what that's what I mean. I th- like people have bastardized yeah. skin scent into just meaning anything light, like light white, floral. light and gender neutral in yeah. the skin scent. Like, nah, dude. Right, but but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. People are just like, yeah, this is consent. Like, I mean, yeah. it anything that wears lightly mm-hmm. and close to the mm-hmm. body, I mm-hmm. guess, is is now the contemporary definition of okay. skin scent. But then, but then I was doing a big deep dive on skin scents a few months ago and I was like let me let me see what they're saying about skin scents let me see what these motherfuckers think I pulled up a roundup I think it was on GQ I'm sorry no disrespect <laughs> to anyone at the publication but they they were just like Creed Tom what? Ford like what? these big boisterous Yo, fragrances. Who, the, who writes fragrance for GQ? And I'm like, yo, this is just perfume. These I, aren't skin scents. Like, I mean, these I are all beautiful, I need, but... So, I need to talk to my editor at GQ. So I think, <laughs> all that to say, I think people have sort of taken this skin scent idea and really ran with it. So yeah. I, Maybe that was an SEO thing. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited to sort of like go to the source uh-huh. yeah, and really learn more about what a skin scent is, why people love them, and all of that. I mean, I think we probably have a better idea of why people love them, but just like the engineering behind it. I literally have no idea why people love them. Well, that's because you don't like them. (laughs) Maybe so. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Why do you think people like them? I think people like them because I feel like we touched on this in a previous episode, like several weeks back, but I think that because we are in an era of extreme celebration of individuality and quote unquote authenticity, Mm -hmm. that scent is another way to express that. And any sort of scent that's like, you're the main ingredient mm-hmm. or like, it's all about you. And especially if they say it smells different on everyone based on your skin chemistry, mm-hmm. that's what people love because they're like, this is my scent. It smells different on everyone and it doesn't smell like the way I smell in it. Yeah. 
So I, I really think that it's it's kind of it's just like tugging on those ego kind of strings. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that it's because people are afraid to take up space. I think people take up too much space. Well, <laughs> I think like people want to engage in the beauty space mm. and you know skincare, makeup, fragrance, whatever. But and I think we're moving away from this, thank God. But I also think that people are expecting to be shamed for their vanity. Do you know what I oh, mean? Oh yeah, there's a huge stigma on vanity. Yeah, and you know the whole natural, no makeup, makeup thing. Yeah, fuck it's that. just like this is like no fragrance, fragrance. Yeah, I'm so of. bored. Yeah. <laughs> God, can we have any fun? So I think that's what it is. It's like I want to engage in fragrance. I want to wear something, but I don't want to take up any air in the room. So I'm gonna wear this scent that smells like nothing or smells very lightly mm. of something. And be able to have the best of both worlds. Like, it's not going to choke anyone out, but I'm still doing it for myself, et cetera. And if you like Skin Sense, that's great. This is just my take on them. I, there's a lot of beautiful ones. I don't mean to... I talk shit about Skin Sense every episode. And I, you know, if you like them, we celebrate that and we celebrate you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought we did. Maybe I just don't think that much about it. I'm just like, okay. I think you heard about everything so well. <laughs> it's whatever. I mean, it's like the same thing, you know... Everyone's like, all this makeup is just Vaseline. This is like the Vaseline of fragrance. But Mm -hmm. I also think it's not necessarily... I don't know if people are more afraid of smelling too much as they don't want to get a headache from their scent or something Mm. or be choked out by it. Yeah. Or they just want to smell effortlessly beautiful, but Mm. not like they're trying too hard. Sure. It's that, that whole... The fuck do you call it? Like a contradiction of effortlessness, which is what I find annoying because I'm just like, you can just like that aesthetic. What gets me about it is that weird little superior morality implication. But that's a whole other episode. Maybe I'm that over, I would, you know what? Maybe I'm overthinking it. Okay. So anyway. We are hosting a podcast <laughs> yes. about fragrance. Yes. We are overthinking everything. Yes. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> but we're really glad that Giza Shone overthought ICE Super. Yeah. You know, we can just blab on and on and on about skin sense. But you know what? Let's let a professional blab instead please <laughs> all right so without got it don't say it <laughs> don't say it it's not gonna happen again giza giza let's hear it well hello everyone this is giza schön calling from berlin i'm a perfumer and also the happen to be the founder of eccentric molecules we love it we short love and it. sweet We're so happy to have you <laughs> every episode tyne and i always talk about what we smell like today so we would like to know, what do you smell like today? Sure. Well, I just came out of the shower, actually, which made me smell of, I just used some bogus shampoo. There was nothing special. But then later on, I used a really nice cream and I used um, an Eau Sauvage Dior, deodorant stick. Oh. That's what oh. I got on my arm. Okay. And that's it for now. Later on, I will actually see some friends and I was already thinking about maybe putting one of our new M plus fragrances on as a checkout. So let's see. Sweet. We love it. We we know Savage very well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, good one. Definitely. <laughs> Could you tell us a little bit about your experience in fragrance and how Eccentric Maltese came about? Well, I, I started an education scheme at Harmon and Reimer. They're called Simrise these days, mm, right. which was back then in 1990. So from August 90, I was in sort of a sniffing course for one and a half years before the proper education started at the firm, which was January 92. And that was together with three other guys, one of them, Frank Velkel, who you might have heard of. He works in New York for Firmenich. Oh, yeah. We know Frank. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he was in it and a couple of other guys. 
So we were like four people going through this education scheme, which took three years plus another two to become a perfumer. So after three years, we had a junior perfumer's exam and that sort of qualified to either being kicked out or being capable of carrying on and sort of just, you know, carrying on working and learning and having more experiences. And that was it. So the, the whole start goes back now nearly 30 years when I moved to this tiny village in the middle of Germany and started learning about perfumery. That's great. That's awesome. What does a perfume exam look like? Well, one in general, I think you have to sort of distinguish between craftsmanship from sort of classical jobs like, you know, you're a carpenter or you're, I don't know, a woodmaker or a tailor or whatever there is. These educations, they end with sort of a stamp from some um, council, which will look at your skills and your um, capacities you have sort of gained until then. But the in the perfumery, this is all just like, well, yeah, they do an education, but it's actually, you know, we, we didn't finish with anything official. So yes, we all went through the, um, the first three years and we all passed the exams. And I remember in my particular case, I suggested them something, which was, I said, I love the smell of ambergris. How about I will copy that smell and basically will present you in my exam the base I have worked on then for so long, which copies the smell of real ambergris. And for that, I, I remember I had to go to, to Paris because back then there was one company called Haslauer. They had a room full of ambergris pieces and I was allowed to enter that room for a few seconds, which was absolutely amazing. It was one oh, wow. of the most stunning olfactory moments I've had because it was so warm and animalic, yet soft and woody and dry and... Oh, was just great. So that was basically um, how my first exam looked like. Wow. Wow. That's fascinating. I feel like it's like you enter the bank vault and <laughs> you can yeah. smell the room for a minute. Yeah, that was, that was amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. So we know that you call Eccentric Molecules an anti-fragrance brand. What do you mean by that? And how do you subvert what would be a traditional fragrance brand? Well, first of all, I have to clarify, I never called it um, the anti-fragrance brand. That, that came out of some interview probably, which was done, where they put that as a headline. And consequently, ever since we were seen like that, I mean, I wouldn't say we're the anti-fragrance brand. I would just say that we're certainly a different fragrance brand, mm -hmm. just because if you look at the, the concept we have, which is always, we present a single molecule in a bottle. And according to that, we have parallel a, a fragrance, which I would always call the homage to the molecule. So we've always appeared in, in pairs. And I think, well, we've had now pair number five just last year with cashmaran as a molecule and the, the fragrance according to it. So, you know, I think that's probably as radical as you will see what we do. The, which is, it's very simple. We do a molecule in a bottle and we do a fragrance with it. It's not, I think it's not anti-fragrance. It's just that, yes, we cut down that moment of what you can actually perceive of a smell of someone. It can be absolutely cut down to one singular aroma molecule, and it can be very linear in its smell. Yet molecules we would only ever pick if we were absolutely 100% convinced that you actually can, or that you would find someone who would find this singular smell of that molecule attractive enough to actually, you know, buy a bottle. And for that reason, I think this is why the series hasn't sort of completely gone crazy just because 
there aren't that many molecules which have in themselves a complexity which allows them to qualify as mm. a molecule for our series. And, you know, so far in 15, 16 years we've been doing this, we've had five mm. um, altogether. Okay, can I ask you a dumb question? Are there no dumb questions? <laughs> well, not so fast. So you have the molecule yeah. and then you have the fragrance. Is the molecule in the fragrance that is paired with it? Or they're oh absolutely yeah okay sure. so they're so you isolate the molecule in the one and then you build the fragrance off it in the other is that correct yeah I mean you know when you look at molecular one it's just like basically ice super in yeah. the bottle so this yep. is just like one ingredient and then for eccentric O one we have I think around sixty five percent of ice super but the remaining thirty five percent are a mix you will have smelled you know, in different form, but in other fragrances, like, you know, there's a little bit of top note. Eccentrico one has a green lime peel and pink pepper top note, and it has a bit of an orris note and a sort of a chunk of hedione in the heart. And then it has various other woody notes, balsamic notes, and a couple of musk notes in the dry down, mm-hmm. plus 65% of icy super. So as I said, it's to me, the eccentrics are an homage to the molecule, the way I look at it. Got it. Thank you for clarifying that. I I just wanted to make sure I knew what I was talking about for once. Can you tell us and our listeners a little bit about ISOE Super? Because we know that the usage of the molecule is what defines skin scents a lot of the time. And when we think of the molecule, we think of you. So I'd just love to hear your take on it and your approach and why you do what you do. Well, let's start at the very beginning when, yeah, I think in 1972 or 1973, IC Super was discovered in a lab at IFF in America. They found it. They probably instantly realized um, what sort of an unusual ingredient that was. And very, you know, just, I, I think just a year had passed when it was used. Perfumers already started using it. And I think the first usage was in the first Halston women's fragrance. They used 8% of IC Super. Hmm. And like with most other ingredients, which just enter the market in a new sort of uh, way with their presence, the people in the beginning are very careful in the, in the usage. So you could see then over the next few years that until the late 80s, IC Super was used sort of 20, 25, 30% within a formula. And funnily enough, when I started the education, so like must have been autumn 1990, I, when I smelled that for the first time, I then took it in a little bottle and gave it to a friend of mine. I said to him, can you just wear this? And we were about to go out for the night in our hometown. And we stood in this bar fairly stupidly, I guess, with a bottle of beer in our hands and sort of Michiel, this friend of mine, was smelling off Icy Super. And it took 10 minutes. And then this woman came around and said, who smells so nice here. And that was probably in days when you wouldn't have just walked up to someone in a bar and said, hey, mate, you know, you smell nice. (laughs) What is that? Um, So it it was unusual, I thought. And then I started talking to her and it came out that this woman was still very young, beginning of her 20s, probably. She liked Tresor and Fahrenheit. Hmm. And Fahrenheit is a very fresh, spicy, woody, musky, leathery male fragrance. And Tresor is a very mm. sweet, fruity, powdery, floral women's fragrance. But yeah, my both, mom wore Tresor. You see, there you go. So it's <laughs> very, very popular back then. And what yes. a great fragrance it is. So, and, but these two fragrances are completely different. But what unites them is 
Fahrenheit's got 25% and Tresor's got about 20% of IC Super as an ingredient. And oh. it, it surely became clear that if a woman who liked these two very complex, great fragrances before, and then this, this very singular smell of just that one ingredient appears to be around and she walks up to you and says, what is that? It smells great. That was a real knighting of sort of the molecule, I felt. It was really, mm. you know, somebody said, that's whatever it is, smells so great. Can you tell me about it? And ever since I've been sort of carrying this idea that, well, you know, hang on, you don't actually need just, again, like as always, a big fragrance. You know, you get away with just a singular molecule. Well, this particular one in this case, but that was, that was stunning and uh, certainly stuck in me. And then a few years later, in 94, while I was still in the education, we had in-house the first briefing for the diesel fragrance, fashion diesel Mm. And uh, Diesel back then was the coolest brand in the world. They had by far the most, you know, crazy advertising campaign and they were really far out. So I said to the sales guy within our firm, I said, look, Diesel are really crazy. Can you just show him this idea and show him just like I see super? And I remember what he said. He said, I think that's even for Diesel a bit far-fetched. <laughs> so, so the whole idea of sort of, you know, like in 94 to, to suggest this to a proper brand was even not seen by this guy as a cool idea. Anyway, so I was a bit pissed off after that because I thought that's a really great idea. But ever since, I just carried that idea in me. And then, you know, it was 94. I still had to go a um, couple of years in the education. And I didn't become a perfumer to, you know, launch molecules, which I find on shelf. That's, that wasn't the goal. I was um, still interested in to see how to make great fragrances. And so I continued for another, well, I worked for Harman Reimer 12 years in total. So... I ended uh, end of 2001 and then I, I'd quit and I went back to London and sort of started my life over there. And to maybe end the story about Molecule, I mean, obviously in 2005, we launched it then ourselves. And then years later, I met a famous professor here in Germany who's doing really groundbreaking research in uh, a university with a big team. They're just trying to find out how do we smell? How do we, what's the physics behind it? What's the biochemistry behind the capacity we have of being able to smell. And he said, one of the tests that we're doing is they would inject the tiniest amount of an aroma chemical into a singular cell. And I said, so, you know, how do they react the cells? What do they think of that? And he said, yeah, not much has happened so far. And then he showed me the list of those ingredients they were testing. And I said, yeah, but, you know, you need to check out some of the cooler ingredients. So um, I gave him like a handful of ingredients among obviously icy super and called him a couple of months later i called him and said what happened you know what did the cell do and he said the cell started to dance when they injected icy super and Whoa. so now you can think well is that good or bad but at least <laughs> there was some movement in the cell so right. it did react to it unlike to all others before and then they took the test further and they found out that indeed icy super stimulates one of our five remaining pheromone receptors and what? no other ingredients do that. And that's now where the circle closes, where, yes, IC Super has an olfactoric note. You can perceive that, the smell itself. Yeah, it's not strong and it's very faint and it's woody and dry. And But there is this sort of iridescence, this kind of moving. There is a sort of, it, it, it moves, right? There's this, I, I can't possibly explain it. So next to all this, smooth and silkiness and velvety character it has there is this attraction in it this sort of almost animal magnetism 
And by them proving that it stimulates one of these pheromone receptors, then it became clear that it's not just obviously the olfactoric presence it has. There is this extra bonus in it, which attracts people. Wow. That's so interesting because I always thought that your pheromone receptors were actually quite removed from your olfactory receptors. Yeah, I mean, it's its its own system. I think it doesn't happen where the the normal molecule yeah. perception um, happens in our nose. But we have similar or we have several systems, actually, which all come together and then right. give us the opportunity to smell something. And so that's what I know. And that's how, where I think, yeah, makes sense that this is the, also the reason why this product just you know, runs like itself. It's crazy. And I mean, one, one really cool anecdote I can tell you is when we were ready with the product 2005, we went to Harvey Nichols in London mm-hmm. and talked to the, the buyer at, um, at Harvey Nichols, who was Daniela Rinaldi. And so we met her and showed her the fragrance. And yeah, she wasn't sort of like really sure about it. Plus, she couldn't smell the molecule. She sprayed it on her arm, but she couldn't really get it. It was probably late in the afternoon. She was, she's had it. So, and, you know, so the, the meeting was fairly quickly over, didn't really look that good. But then Daniela Rinaldi left her job that day, stepped into a cab, and within minutes, the cab driver said, oh, darling, you smell nice. What is that? Wow. And, you know, she was like, oh, oh, my God, can you smell that? How does it smell? Why do you smell that? I can't smell it. And then she stepped out of the cab, went to the flower shop, and the lady in the flower shop commented on her smell as well. And I think it even happened to her a third time that day. And she came back next day and placed a big order for our product. So that's how it all kicked off. It's like, I know it looks a bit like the emperor's new clothes. You know, many people can't smell molecular one. Yet when they wear it, they're being sort of hunted on the street by various (laughs) people. So it's, it's a funny one. And I'm glad that it, yes, it also has an olfactoric note, definitely. But then we have this surplus we know now about, which clears it up why people go crazy for that. Wow. That's, That's a hard act to follow with the rest of the molecules. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so of the five that you have now, yeah. how do you choose? Because I'm assuming there's probably hundreds of synthetic notes out there to choose from. How did you narrow it down to these five? It's That almost like happens automatically simply because there are probably thousands of aroma molecules a perfumer can work with next to Mm. probably like, I don't know, 250, 300 different uh, natural products. So the majority is clearly in the chemical side. But in 99.9% of the cases of every chemical we have, they really need the help of other chemicals and other natural products to actually start blooming and do what they're good for, which is in most cases, a very linear one-dimensional smell. Mm. So That's why the ones we've launched, they have more complexity in themselves and simply, you know, not to shit on our own doorstep. I mean, (laughs) we're not not launching something which isn't just a single molecule. That's part of the concept and of our approach. So only IC Super, Amboxan, Vetiviral Acetate, Javanul and Kashmiran actually did qualify. And funnily enough, when you look at them and you compare them to all other sort of brackets and groups within perfumery, all five basically are woody. And mm. to me, only those woody molecules really have the complexity sometimes where I think, yeah, I can actually see that on its own in a bottle and somebody will spray that and will find that attractive. So that's how it happens unless obviously 
a molecule is very complex and offers more than just sort of like one smell in itself, then we look at it and go, this could be interesting enough and we might dare to um, make it a molecule within our series. Wow. That sounds like an intense process. That's fascinating. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's not at all really because, I mean, I know most of these ingredients which are in the fragrance world because you will have uh -huh. come across them. Like IFF, I do collaborate now with, you know, they have, I don't know, 1,300, 1,400 different chemicals in their selection plus all these naturals. So from these ingredients, I mean, instantly 90% of them you don't use very often. Mm. From the remaining 10%, you, you use those very often. But then among those, only very few still have that complexity you need. Because otherwise, I, I really wouldn't find it attractive. Most of these chemicals really need the help from others, plus the complexity of uh, naturals. Right. It's funny. Like So many fragrances are the ones you see in the mass market are predominantly synthetics. Mm -hmm. And now there's this huge emergence of natural fragrance. And mm -hmm. I feel like it's also because everything in the beauty world, you know, synthetics are getting a bad rap for being harmful or just in some way, you know, not as quote unquote good as natural, mm -hmm. which we personally, our stance is that's bullshit. bullshit. But, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And now, now it's happening in fragrance yeah. too, where people are saying like, oh, synthetic fragrances are bad or like natural fragrances are better, which doesn't make any sense. But how would you, since you work with synthetics so much, how would you explain the importance and the prevalence of synthetics in fragrance? Oh God, it's huge. I would say chemicals ever since they've been entering the fragrance palette of a perfumer are way more important than the naturals, just because there are more of them. Some of them really have this, this one very linear direction where they're going. But exactly with this, you basically open up the palette of a perfumer to go into areas where, well, perfumers before that simply weren't able to because they were not around. They only had naturals. And, you know, till like the late 20th century, so it all started sort of like 1860, 1870, where they had the first molecules avail available. So only for the last 150 years, roughly, perfumers are able to work with chemicals. And then, of course, I mean, through better techniques, by all of a sudden in the 70s, 80s and 90s, they were able to look at areas within the chemistry world where they hadn't been able to look before. So they found, again, new molecules, uh, which were really interesting. But for the past 20 years, very, very few interesting new chemicals came out, which actually are better than the ones we have already. So it's kind of like, I wouldn't say it has come to an end. I'm sure they're going to look at different techniques of how to come up with even more weird and new molecules. And hopefully we'll get to see them soon. But the usage of chemistry in, uh, for perfumery is hugely important. The complexity, of course, comes within a, a natural product automatically into a fragrance. You know, any natural product isn't just like one thing. An, mm. an essential oil is already like a formula in itself. If you were to look at, I don't know, just bergamot oil, for sure there are 25, 30, 35 different molecules within bergamot oil. So by the usage of one ingredient only, like bergamot oil, you bring in already, you know, complexity to a fragrance. So I would say both have absolutely, you know, they're both very important for perfumery. And you're right, most of the fragrances which enter the market these days, especially in the mass market, they are very chemical because it's a cost implication thing here, right. where companies just say, oh, we want to pay this amount for a kilogram of fragrance we want to buy from you. 
and this is sort of the guideline for you guys and that of course then is a big hindrance as well as you know for creativity as well as to fill a fragrance full of beautiful and good stuff because you just mm. haven't got the money i mean give a chef you know five dollars per night to cook uh, a dinner with or give him 50 that's a different kettle of fish altogether yeah. so you know literally speaking so it's both are very important and chemicals as i said they have certainly brought the finesse and the raffinesse and the weirdness to perfumery which equally is very interesting mm. what makes certain synthetic aromas or molecules more expensive than others the process, how to get there, um, mm. that's really, you know, depends. There are some chemicals that cost two or three dollars a kilogram, and then there are others that cost sort of 10, 20,000 euros per kilogram. The most expensive products in perfumery are naturals. For example, we're going to talk about later the M plus iris fragrance we did that has various grams of an ingredient called iris absolute pallida which is probably the most expensive yet best quality there is of natural iris root. And that costs uh, 50,000 euros per kilo. So that's really expensive, yet there's a reason for it. This product is just so outrageously gorgeous and special and concentrated and earthy and musky and woody and very special that, you know, you will find people who will use that in their fragrances. This is not for the industry. They wouldn't be able to afford this. So if they want an iris note, they're going to probably look at chemicals only. So sort of going off of the same synthetic topic, when you're building one of the fragrances to accent a molecule, how, how do you go about building a fragrance off of one molecule? What do you use to accent it? And how do you know when you've got it just right? To me, the idea of one molecule is so specific that I would love to know what your vision is for taking it somewhere else and when you know you have gotten there. I mean, for example, you know, probably one of the best chameleons we have in perfumery indeed is IC Super because it has skills in it which very, very few other ingredients have, which is, it's very radiant, it's very long-lasting, and it smells beautiful, yet it is very transparent. So if you were to add then to this particular woody molecule um, other ingredients, it very, very, I mean, very rarely only it happens that, you know, you can almost have too much of the stuff. Let's say of the block ingredients you have within a fragrance, that they don't bother each other. They need to ideally have some sort of a marriage where the carrier of the fragrance go well together. And then, of course, you know, you have other notes to accentuate certain effects you want within the fragrance, but it's lots of trial and error. So you, you always have to sort of reflect and look back and dive into the formula again to be absolutely honest to yourself so that you don't mess up your formula, if you know what I mean. Mm. Right. It's like, you know, when a chef has an idea about what, what he wants to cook and then he, but he, he keeps adding more stuff and at the end he sort of like loses himself almost, <laughs> right. whereby he should have stuck to those two kinds of veggies and three kinds of spices and, <laughs> yeah. you know, just one oil and not five oils mm. he's using. And so, you know, the, the, the lesser ingredients, the better, I think. If, if fewer ingredients already form something which is of, you know, some beauty and some sort of an attractive perception uh, within the client then that's that's better 
the more complex it gets, the more complicated it gets to for the client to actually smell singular nodes and then it all becomes one. And having said that, I mean, there are fantastic fragrances out there which are loaded with bases, which are, you know, they contain already dozens of ingredients again. And if you would linearize a formula like that, you probably would have hundreds of ingredients which play with each other. But sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So you always have to um, try and control the formula you're working on. Yeah. Was that the idea behind the M plus series to hero out the ISO E super with different accompaniments? Yeah, that, that, I mean, the, the, that really was an accident. It, it happened whenever I would show my partner, Sophie, some fragrances I was working on. I noticed at some stage that whenever there was an iris note in them, she would like, like them instantly. So I said to her, you really like iris notes, do you? And she said, I don't know what iris is like. So I showed her the, the ingredients I have here in my lab. And yeah, she loved it. She was clearly an iris fan. Mm. So she said, you know, why don't you make me an iris fragrance? And I said, I can try, of course. Yeah. So I thought, but then, you know, when you look at iris and the smell, when you have the, a concentrated iris natural product, you can clearly smell that. But the effect it has in a fragrance is really what is so striking about it because it adds kind of a, a very warm yet earthy, powdery magic to the fragrance. It's, mm. it's mesmerizing. It really is a magical product. I'm like, I can't overlay this again, like in all other iris fragrances which are out there, where iris has been paired with too many other ingredients which overlay the iris notes. So again, I, I thought, well, let's just, you know, I'm lazy. Let's go to the old route. So I'll just, <laughs> you know, pick a huge amount of icy super. And when I looked at the formula, it was just basically molecule one plus one. It was M plus iris. And that's when I sort of thought we should bring that out because that just smells great. It has very good long lasting. So it, it's an idea basically for the molecular one lovers who maybe want to have one more thing with it. Mm. And so that's when the, the M plus iris basically was done. And so I looked into a couple of other categories. One is patchouli because we hadn't really done anything with patchouli in our eccentric line. And patchouli is a huge ingredient for the perfumery world. It's probably... Mm -hmm top five ingredients yeah. ever. Right. And, and now these days we have a fractionated patchouli oil, which is great because patchouli oil always had this problem that, well, it does happen to have a top node, but the top node is quite medicinal. I formed my own patchouli base sitting next to IC Super. It's, it just shows that this chameleon I was talking about, IC Super, can like lift an other group or another ingredient to a height of modernity sitting next to its physical function, which is just like it's light, it's airy, it's radiant, yet it doesn't go on your nerves, you know? So, yeah. and then the M plus Mandarin um, to finish the, the trio basically came about. I looked at what I had so far, which was M plus Iris, M plus Patchouli. One is a hard node, one is a base node. I thought, let's give it a go. We need to find a top node here. And again, we hadn't done really much with um, Mandarin as such in our fragrances, so I started playing with a couple of beautiful mandarin oil qualities I have here and then worked this mandarin note more through, like unlike the others, which were, it did go very far with what I also could add to this idea. But with the mandarin, I needed a more zesty, instant top note, 
You know that feeling you have a mandarin in your in your hand and you stick your finger in the middle and start peeling it, and sort of that amazing aldehydic, zesty, tropical burst which happens. Mm-hmm. I wanted to to work that out a bit more. Plus, I wanted a bit more long lasting. So. When you look at the formulas, the N plus Mandarin is actually by far the longest one, funnily enough. And so the uh, the trio was born with these three. That's so God, cool. what a great flex to, to have someone be like, oh, you smell so nice. What is that? And then like, mm, just something my partner made for me. Right, right. <laughs> so as like the godfather of Isoe Super, <laughs> I know that that note is trending right now. You're finding it more and more in fragrances and and spoken about more, like he- heroed out in, in the marketing. And that plus, you know, the concept of, of, of skin scents and things that wear really lightly and enhance the smell of your skin. Why do you find that that is trending? Because I think I, like the buyer that you worked with, I have a hard time smelling the ISOE super molecule. And I wonder, like, is it something that I am missing? Why are we all going crazy for scents that sort of don't smell like anything? I think... Well, part of that is probably the expectation people yeah, have when yeah, you, yeah. you know, you used to go to a perfumery store, you take a blotter or you spray it straight on your skin. And then, you know, what we know from there, what there is in the market, I mean, these days you have to be a powerhouse. Otherwise you just don't sort of get to see the market. And that's, that's awful because, you know, you can't do powerhouses with just gorgeous ingredients that doesn't work. Therefore the industry doesn't have the money. So therefore, yes, they're very chemical and, most fragrance ideas which get to see the market, they are based on previous ideas because, you know, most of these fragrances, they have to go through a panel test and that panel test you can actually only ever win if your fragrance sort of reminds the people in the panel test of something they have smelled before. And then you have obviously the, the molecules themselves, they kind of became more popular as where, you know, what you've said before, oh, you know, everybody thinks like, oh, the naturals are all great and the chemicals will all bring us into the grave straight away. (laughs) That obviously is complete nonsense. Some of those naturals have way more difficult ingredients in themselves than certain molecules we use. So, and then of course you have, you know, the, the, the right combination, which is, yeah, you have to have both. It's not like, it's just not possible to have only a natural fragrance because they smell funny at the end of the day. And only chemical smells a bit dull. So, yeah, ideally you have the full palette right in front of you. I mean, imagine you have to tell a painter that, you know, today no greens and no reds allowed. <laughs> right. I see super probably is special because, yeah, I know myself that some people can't smell it, yet they would still wear it because they might have worn it once or twice and really got lots of compliments for it. So they... So we have lots of loyal fans who still would claim that they can't actually smell it, but you know they know that they smell great because that's what people tell them. But then you have lots of other people who, who can clearly identify the smell and so they like it themselves. But wearing some of the molecules it, it indeed doesn't enable you to smell these with every breath you take, which is also what I, what I really hate about a fragrance if it's so strong that... You know, when you're wearing it, every breath you take, you inhale your fragrance you're mm. wearing. Yeah. That can be really tiring. And it's also probably a clear sign that you're wearing too much. And so therefore, you know, therefore the good thing is the molecules have this, this aloof sort of existence. They hover around you. And yes, they're there, but they don't bother yourself. Other yeah. but maybe like once an hour, you get it with yourself. Mm-hmm. And apart from that, it just leaves you on your own. And 
I find it quite attractive. And for those who actually do want more, a bit more of a presence, you know, then we have the eccentrics, which, as I said, are an homage to the molecule. And then they have more presence and maybe more sort of um, hedonistic moments for themselves. That's such a good way to put it, that they like sort of hover around you and you, and you don't notice them consistently. Because when I wear Molecule 01, I'm always like, am I even wearing anything? But then an hour later, it, it does sneak up on you and it's like, oh, there it is. And that's when I get it. You know what I mean? That's when I'm like, okay, now I see why people go crazy over these. Well, it's interesting. And I just made this correlation as you were explaining it, that it's probably that the you know emergence and awareness and popularity of naturalness and of minimalism equates into people also wanting to smell, you know, minimally natural, despite whatever it's made out of. But just having that aura about them is like, oh, of course. You know, we're all different. We all like to eat different things. We all live differently. And when it comes to smell, it's so subjective. Absolutely. One person likes, the other person goes nowhere near it. And it's very subjective. And I think it's got to do with our olfactoric socialization, if you like, Mm. whereby... You know, we all grew up in different areas. We have different kitchen at home, different cultural backgrounds, different weather conditions with different food, which is available, all these things. Plus then a different, um, you know, we are being introduced probably first by the products our parents will buy. And we might like them, we might hate them, but this is our first sort of introduction into the world of fragrances and shampoos and body lotions and deodorants or whatever there is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and this is, I think from country to country, it'll be different. So yeah, some people might like this, some might like something else, but I think that's great. I mean, imagine we all would be still wearing CK1, you know. <laughs> I did grow up smelling CK1 everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. We all did. Yeah. <laughs> Do you find that there's a certain region of the world that just always clamors for eccentric molecules fragrances? I mean, funnily enough, we have, for some reasons, the Russians really go mad for it. So yeah, ever since the Russians took it on board and kind of started selling that, we probably still sell most of our products into Russia. There is no, there's no explanation really. I mean, we do sell extremely well in England, in the UK, Germany is great, Italy is great, but we also sell in Asia these days or in Australia or New Zealand. And, you know, we keep selling to the shops for the past 10, 15 years. So it seems like there are fans to be made everywhere with the product. Mm. Yeah, it does have a a universal mm-hmm. appeal in a way that I it, it is good. I mean, it's not some something made to please everyone, right. but I can see, you know, there is something in it that I feel a lot of people respond to in a really positive way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a, a very cool collection of emails I keep here from people who send me emails and you know, just sometimes they say, um, hey, I just wanted to thank you for your product from Eccentric Molecules. I've been wearing Eccentric One for the past few years and I met my wife through your fragrance. <laughs> oh. And you know, and now we have kids. And I mean, that's really when I feel, yeah, mission is accomplished. I, I can't do more than that. That's, oh, um, that's really nice. That makes, me, that makes me very happy, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. You should print them out and frame them. <laughs> <laughs> Something I'm curious about is I feel like no one really talks about or hears about the production or manufacturing process of synthetic molecules because it's such an insider you know, trade thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, how do these big companies like IFF or Simrise or Fermination, how do they decide what synthetic molecules to create? Like, do they react 
to trend forecasts and they're like, we should create something kind of sandalwoody because that's going to be really big. Or do they create something and then it becomes popular afterwards? I, the, both ways, I think is possible. I mean, a classic example would be the Iran crisis in the 80s, where by all of a sudden they couldn't get any galbanum, which only grows down there. And galbanum till then was always a big um, thing for the top mode of a fragrance. Mm. And by all of a sudden you couldn't get it anymore. So they asked the research departments to come up with some interesting green notes to hopefully replace that effect with. But then later, I think, yeah, it came out that, you know, musky notes were really popular. So it was a big task for the research departments to come up with new musky notes. And then all of a sudden, you know, the nitro musks were looked at badly and they kind of were struck off the, the palate. And then they had to come up with replacements, sort of ideally products which go in the same direction and, you know, are musky and powdery and sweet and people sort of like these kind of notes. And sometimes, yeah, they found really weird ones, sort of like maybe sulfurous ingredients, which have a really strong sulfur smell. But if you then dilute these notes down, you get a brilliant, whatever, mango note in your mango base. Mm. But then these are ingredients you can't make big just because they're so strong that you can live with a 1% or an 0.1% dilution of this ingredient. So you can't sell tons of that. And obviously, the main companies are um, after developing ingredients where it makes sense to actually later use 5, 10, 20, 50% of an ingredient solely in a formula because then, you know, obviously they... They use it at large um, quantities, and then these companies can sell more of their ingredients. Plus, what is probably quite good, if you do find something which is very interesting, I think you have a patent of mm. that ingredient for the next, I think, 20 years, where wow. you can wow. you are the, the sole producer of that stuff. And then you can actually decide whether you're going to keep that ingredient as a captive ingredient to the usage of your own perfumers in your company only, or whether you give it out into the market. And if it's an interesting one, obviously you can start selling that instantly. If you can achieve new interesting effects with a new molecule and a fragrance that's very desired by perfumers. So yeah. And you know, these days they also looked into making things more with biological ingredients and bacterias where, you know, certain processes all of a sudden lead you to more interesting results than just doing it the old way, the old fashioned way. So, yeah, hopefully we're going to see um, a few more interesting chemicals coming up. But I think from the 60s to the mid or the late 90s, we saw way more interesting new chemicals entering the market than we have seen probably the past 20 years. Wow, there's wow. a whole economy of scent that no one's, oh, yeah. <laughs> most of us aren't even aware of. Right, right. <laughs> it makes me excited for like the future. That's trade, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I, I learned so much about, I guess, a backstory, like the documentary behind the scenes of totally. like what goes into sense. It's so cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely fascinating just because also um, still so very few people get the chance to do that. But then, you know, with having um, four or 500 perfumers on the planet, it's enough to fragrance every product we can buy. Also, don't forget, like, you know, sometimes when, let's say, I don't know, uh, Procter & Gamble or L'Oreal or one of the big ones is briefing out a new washing powder for the Asian market, you know, if you win this yeah. as for your company, that, that's huge business because yeah. they're not going to order 10 kilograms or 50 kilograms. <laughs> they're going to order 50 tons or 100 tons 
first order. And that's a massive turnover of ingredients and perfume fragrance oil, which yeah. then becomes very attractive. So probably the, the biggest field for the perfume market is still all these use the you know, products we use household every day. products yeah the household products yeah, yeah. and you know something for our body i mean fine fragrance of course is very prestigious and very important to all of the big companies yet i think their turnover is um within this segment is fairly um, little in comparison to all the other segments that makes a lot of sense just yeah. you know by cost and value i have a theory that that yuzu and pepper are going to be the two big things yeah. for like the next five years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yuzu, I would yeah. absolutely agree. And just recently, I had uh, I found a place in Berlin where you can actually buy freshly squeezed yuzu juice, wow. and have been adding it to almost like every food I'm cooking, and it is it's amazing, isn't it? I love yuzu and everything. It's yeah. like the perfect mandarin fruitiness next to the juicy, sappy, yeah. citrusy aspect it has. It's powerful. It's delicious. I love it. Yuzu, yes, all for it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe you should do an M plus Yuzu. <laughs> Dude, that is probably the most comprehensive explainer of skin sense on wax on the internet right now. Probably. You know what I mean? And definitely of ISO E Super. Yeah. Which like, what a name. Yeah. It's like such a cool, weird, mysterious name. You know, it is. It's so interesting. I'm so, so happy that we had Giza on. Yeah. And I definitely have so much more of a working understanding mm-hmm. of ISO E Super and the skin scent phenomenon right now. God, I hope he comes out with a Yuzu scent. That'd be so sad. I'll be all over it. Also, have we been peeling oranges wrong this whole time? That was like, <laughs> was that sexual? <laughs> Why do we think that he it's sexual? He said that he was like, you know, you like put your, your finger, finger in the middle of like, it. And I, was, I like started Stop sweating. Stop putting your I was fingers. Like, I was like, I don't know that I know. Do you know? <laughs> no, I was also like, wait, how do you peel an orange? Like what? I know. <laughs> it's like, call me by your name. Anyway. <laughs> Um, very much so. Very much so. Call me by your orange. <laughs> oh, I wanted to ask him, but I didn't yeah. want to be a dumb bitch about it when <laughs> he was talking about the M plus collection yeah. with, you know, patchouli and iris. I was like, would you ever do my girl vanilla? Why not? Vanilla is elite. Like, cause he said he did patchouli because it's so popular, but then yeah. Is vanilla just as, if not more popular than patchouli? I would like to have that conversation. <laughs> you know? Well, I wonder if he is planning on releasing more M plus once it would shock well he, he said two more right yeah it would shock me if one of them is not a, a more gourmand no word oh, yeah. but vanilla fig. or amber fig bergamot mm-hmm. rose oh right it's one gonna of be them's probably rose. gonna be a rose for sure fucking rose she shows up everywhere i know how does she know leave her out of this <laughs> <laughs> anyway we're so excited to talk to giza because eccentric molecules is a line based around synthetics and in our ongoing conversations about naturals and synthetics and all that stuff you gotta hear from both sides we're some we're some both side bitches i'm so glad that you are here sable to make the (laughs) connection for our listeners and for me because you said that and i was like oh yeah that is why we did that (laughs) you're like why do we do this i was like word we've been trying to talk to him for a while actually yeah it just happened to line up with its timing so i was like perfect totally i actually know what questions i want to ask you now yeah if you're not familiar with eccentric molecules definitely look them up i think they're i don't know about exclusively but they are on luckyscent.com mm-hmm. pick up their discovery set or just pick up molecule one 
do a little experiment. It's summer. It's going to be that time where we're getting out there. We're back into the world. Spritz yourself with some ice ice super. See what happens. Yeah, man. People want to fuck. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, should I just forget dating apps and just spritz myself with ice ice super? I mean, whatever. That's the, it happened to me. I quit my dating apps and only wore this perfume. Oh my God. This perfume is better than Hinge. That's coming. That's a headline, man. That's coming for sure. God. From you. My brain is so broken. It only thinks in headlines. And SEO. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, my brain is broken, period. So. Yeah. I could take the girl out of... The internet? Yeah. <laughs> I can't take the internet out of... You know, well, I'm vaccinated, so I'm chipped up. Hey, yeah. I'm getting my chip ASAP, girl. <laughs> can't wait. Anyways, go get vaccinated and also follow us on Instagram at smileyletter.mp3 at smileyletter.mp3. Why can't I say her goddamn name? <laughs> at smellulator.mp3. Were we done? I'm sorry. Yeah, we're done. Okay. And <laughs> follow me. I'm at Titan Buck. We've gone on long enough. They're sick of us. Yeah. I'm at Sable Tuesday And until next time. We'll smell you later. Smell you later. Smell you later.